Hey guys, welcome to my podcast, Free Reverie, and this is your host, Juju V. If you guys like what you hear, make sure to follow me on my social media, Instagram, JBSU18, Snapchat, JBSU, and Twitter, at Perfect Flute. Hope you guys enjoy. Symphony. Welcome to my podcast. I actually have a guest here. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jack Jones. I'm a sex educator and I own an education-focused sex toy store in Baltimore, Maryland and online at sugartheshop.com. That's pretty cool. Um, I actually checked it out a little bit, just a little bit, because, uh, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit more open about my sexuality and stuff like that. So what... Um, made you want to start up a company like that? Couple things. So uh, I've worked in sex ed and reproductive health care most of my career. Uh-huh. Uh, most is understating it, all of my career. <laughs> <laughs> and at some point it got, I got a little burned out working in public health because so much in public health you're dealing with things after they've happened and also you're dealing with things from a disease-based model frequently. There's not a lot of room for pleasure-centered education in the nonprofit world and in the government world. So I ended up being able to get a job through begging primarily at an education-focused sex toy store in New York City and I loved it and I was like, okay, this is what I've always supposed to be. But living in New York, as you may have noticed, is very expensive. Yes. Especially, especially if you work in retail, um, <laughs> which is not, you know, you're not getting rich there. So I moved back to Baltimore and went back to working in public health. And after a while, uh, my wife was like, you have always wanted to do this. We got lucky in the real estate market. It was, you know, before the bubble burst. And we had some equity in our home, so we don't have equity now. <laughs> actually, so have you always been um, wanting to learn about sex and stuff like that? Always, like a really. My senior project in high school was on how the availability and accuracy of birth control methods affected the evolution of women's roles in Western culture. That's a mouthful. And- yeah, right. <laughs> and then in uh, college, I narrowed it down a little bit and did the same thing for my senior thesis in college, but on um, just focusing on the United States. And, you know, really being able to sexuality and being able to express yourself freely in a sexual fashion and freely in the way that you define it, right? Like, so that means wildly different things for different people is a core part of being human. Mm-hmm. And so having access to the information you need in order to be able to do that safely and having access to the things you need in order to not get pregnant if you don't want to is really important. Okay. And how long have you owned your business total? 12 years. 12 years. Okay. All right. And um, let's see. And you've been married for how long? 
Yeah, so did you guys, um, how did you guys meet? Well, uh, one of my friends, so one of my friends, her was dating this other woman who was really good friends with Shelly, my wife. And uh, I was going to a party with Cheryl and Tina. And uh, my wife works out of town a lot, mm -hmm. but she was in town. And Cheryl called her and was like, you have to come to this party with us. And so I walked into Cheryl and Tina's house and Shelly was sitting there at the dining room table. And I looked at her and she looked at me and that was it. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> and she's really comfortable with the fact that you're so open to sexuality yeah. and stuff like that? Was she, like, attracted to that? I don't know. I don't know. We're, like, really different hmm. from each other. Because I'm attracted to, like, confidence. So you obviously have confidence. So I didn't oh. know if maybe, like, she was attracted to that. Maybe. Um, she's pretty confident. She wasn't scared of me. I'll put it that way, which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anyone be scared of you? I'm six feet tall and I have opinions. Oh. <laughs> because you have opinions, got it. You're six feet tall, huh? That's pretty rare. I'm yeah. five foot four, so I know I'm short, but I'm average, so. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, is she the same height as you? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> no, she's five five. Okay, so we're same, about the same there. Yeah, exactly. And she doesn't, and it doesn't bother her or intimidate her if I wear heels. Also very important. You wear heels and you're already six feet tall? Yes. <laughs> that just makes you taller. Exactly. I'd be so mad. I'd be like, no, you need to shrink for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were somewhere the other day and I was walking up behind her and she was introducing me to somebody that was in front of her who was like a tall man. And I, we like literally reached over her head. And she <laughs> she's like the Kevin Hart to you. <laughs> right. No, she's not that short. <laughs> no. No, I think Kevin's only like four foot something, isn't he? Something like that, like four foot nine. Well, not four foot nine, but like maybe maybe he's five foot seven. If he's just short, he's a short guy. <laughs> short. I don't know. It's all good. Right. There's so, so many advantages to like different heights. Yeah. Like I I can reach things, but like shorter people, sometimes they need somebody with smaller hands to like reach in somewhere and get something. If it's like stuck. Right. There's I mean, there's so many things you see on Facebook and stuff that compare tall, short, everything like that. Like there's a section of the the restaurant that my parents own. That if you moved the cooler, everyone else has to duck. But I'm like, right underneath it. I'm just like, I don't have to. <laughs> I don't See? have to at all. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine, and she can stand up in a plane, like in the window seat. And I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't really have to duck anywhere. <laughs> right? Like, I have to, like, bend in half. Well, I can't imagine getting into a car. Like, <laughs> you'd have to have a tall car, right? Or do you have, like, something do a lower? Jeep Wrangler. Yeah, I've got, like, 2010 Malibu. So, for me, I'm just, like, oh, have to, like, get in there. and I don't like it. Especially having my, my kid. I'm like, I want something taller. But then knowing me, my, my um, 
my friend, he passed away a couple years ago, but he had this really big truck. And I, I could swear, he's like, do I need to get a step stool? And I was like, shut up. Just shut up. Because, like, I tried grabbing the handle, and I'm like, it's taken all of my strength to pull myself up. I had to hop. Had to hop on the step just to get in the truck, because it was that tall. (laughs) We have steps to get up into the Jeep for our dogs. Right. But they won't use them, so I have to pick them up and put them in the car. So then why have them? Because I thought I could convince them to use them, and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to tell you how what, what they want. <laughs> oh, for sure. For real. Just like my kid. Mine oh. of their own. Okay. All right. So... I guess I'm just going to try to wing it a little bit more. Because like I said, I don't like preparing a bunch of questions because then they're not going to really pertain to what we're talking about. Um, But what is your favorite thing to know about sex? Like, um, what is the most interesting fact? Let's just go there. Okay, so this is going to sound sort of like a fact and sort of not like a fact. So one of my favorite things about sex and one of the reasons that I love this work is that I will never, ever know everything there is to know about sex. Right. I can guarantee that there is somebody out there right now who is doing something that is bringing them immense joy and a crazy amount of pleasure that has never crossed my mind. And that's awesome, right? Like that that is always out there for someone. So if somebody's in a place where they're like, you know what, this isn't working for me, there's infinite options. And that makes me really happy. That's cool. All right. So that's the most interesting fact. Okay. So what about sex though? What is your favorite? Let's see. What's your favorite position? Let's just say that much. Oh God. Okay. So here's the thing. Positions are bullshit. And (laughs) I sell position books because I have customers that want them. And if I'm talking to the customer, I will tell them exactly what I just told you. Right. Because like whatever position works at that moment in that time, that's great for the people involved is exactly the perfect position. And we can, and like in the position books where like somebody's like, I don't know, like standing on their head and right. right? I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Why? (laughs) Like it's not necessary. I mean, and it's great if if that's getting somebody off. Great. I'm 100% here for that. I don't see how. To be honest, right? I don't see how either, but we don't need to know. Like, you know, it's cool if somebody else is young. That's great, but <laughs> but I like. I think sometimes it gets to a place where people are like, "Well, I'm not in doing it, like fancy enough positions." Trust me, your positions are perfectly fancy. I completely it's- agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with the the standing on the head. To be honest, I don't see how it's pleasurable because. There's blood rushing to your head. So what if you pass out? What, right? There's blood like, what? <laughs> and you actually need that blood in your genitals in order to feed your nerves yeah. and have yeah. your nerves be more sensitive to increase the sensation. So that's where it's supposed to be, not in your head. And then they have those positions where, like, the woman is, like, picked up in midair. Like, how is that, to me, how is that pleasurable? Like, unless you're being forced to a wall, you got, right. yeah, or- how is, the guy's just going to, like, 
exert more energy to hold you and the thrust. I'm like, uh, no. Well, and it's fine if you've got somebody like a tiny little like twig person and like rock, like yeah, that'd be fine. But that's not normal people. Like <laughs> that's not normal people. <laughs> No, I'm a big girl, so for me, that, my boyfriend tried picking me up one time. I told him, I was like, you're not going to do it. I'm, I swear to God, you're going to drop me. And he did pick me up, but I was like, keep walking. Just, just, just. And he was like, you could just hear him. <laughs> and I was like, I told you, just put me down. Just put me down. Grown humans are not supposed to pick up other grown humans and left their firefighters. Come on. <laughs> That's why we have like beds and like, and then if you need a different height, use a counter. Yeah, you could do that. You could type it down. A desk. You could do desk. A desk. You're like the back of your couch, whatever. There's options. Right. Yeah. Um, with positions though, I know you say positions are bullshit. Um, but, well, I, I agree. I agree that there can't just be one, one favorite one. Because uh, it's also in the moment. Because there's sometimes missionary would be like really feel good, but then others I'm like, drag it on, drag it on. And oh, do I have to fake it? No, not with him. And I have to like, I'm like having a conversation in my head about it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's not working for me. So then I'm like, all right, switch. And he goes, why? Why? And because I already know he was starting to feel good, but I'm like, switch. <laughs> working for me yeah I gave you a cue <laughs> type thing but for me personally I like a lot of pressure right um I get off better that way I don't know what it is but the more pressure I have the better orgasm I, I have um so yeah you know like missionary and stuff will get me off every now and again but it's really rare it takes me forever to get off and uh but the one thing that I do know that would get me off pretty good is the fisting part. And I know that a lot of girls out there have never tried it. They don't want to try it. I actually had um, a Facebook post about it on a, a page. Not my personal one. My family would freak. But, yeah, on this on this um, podcast topic page. And uh, so I just asked and some girls agreed. And I told them, I said, as long as you keep you know, some lube around. It really shouldn't, um, be too hard to do. Uh, the worst part to pass is the, the thumb and the knuckle. That's mm -hmm. the worst part to pass. But for me, like I'm naturally pretty wet, so it's, it doesn't take too much for me, but there's sometimes after we've been like going for a marathon type deal, I'm like, just go get the lube because I'm already feeling dry. You're going to hurt me. And then I'm going to be the one feeling it for a couple of days. You aren't. So go get it. And it does. You do feel it. Like when there's, it rubs dry, you feel it yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you're talking about fisting because honestly, I think it's a really underrated activity. Yeah. I don't see a big deal with it. Now my boyfriend keeps joking that he's going to fist my ass, and that's a no way, hell no type thing. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no. I don't think that would even be possible. Oh, it's possible, for sure. I don't want it to be possible. Don't tell him that it's possible. <laughs> he's going to listen to his podcast and be like, she said it was possible. <laughs> well, there's a difference between possible and desired. 
Yeah, I don't know if I want to, because I'm not big on anal in the first place. Right, and here's the thing. If you don't know if you want to, that means no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like to try new things, too, because I also said no to the fisting. But then the first time it ever happened, uh, let's just say we we couldn't sleep on that bed for the night. It was really (laughs) bad. Like, uh, I thought I pissed everywhere. Because he goes... Uh, he like looks at me and I was like, did I just pee everywhere? Because I didn't know what an orgasm felt like. I didn't know what squirting was, what it felt. And I was like, that felt so good though. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's weird, but that is the worst part about sex. I think is just the mess. I'm not attracted in any shape, way or form with the mess part, but like the feeling of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I hate the mess. The mess is the worst part. <laughs> a couple suggestions for the mess? Yeah. So one thing you can do is go to PetSmart or any pet supply store, and they sell puppy pads. Okay. Um, that absorb fluid, right? Like right. little puppy pads. Watch out because you want to – some of them are, like, scented, like grass, that you might want to avoid that. <laughs> uh, and – Eat those and put those down on your bed before you're having sex. And that way there's a lot less cleanup. That and, is brilliant. And you can even put like some towels under that. There's also something um, made by a company called Liberator that's called the Fascinator. And it's like, it's gorgeous. And it has, it's like a blanket and it's satin on one side or not actually satin, but like a, satin feel on one side and then on the other side it's a uh, like velvety kind of feel and in the middle is a waterproof fabric and it's machine washable and you can just throw that down on your bed have sex on top of it and then take it off throw it to the side and put it in the washing machine the next day and it's brilliant what's it called it's called the fascinator the fascinator yeah Uh See, I'm learning because that's something I, I would want to do. There, um, I also do, like, Pure Romance, and uh-huh. uh, they have this spray called, like, Between the Sheets. That uh-huh. stuff's amazing, um, but if you squirt as bad as I do, that doesn't work a whole lot <laughs> because what? it, yeah. Do you know how many people who, would, like, like, hit their mother in order to, like, be able to, like, squirt a whole bunch? <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, it takes me forever to get to that point. But, yeah, it, it gets bad. But with, like, little moments and stuff like that, it's good to, like, spray because I don't know if you know about it, but when you spray it, it um, makes the sheets and stuff feel silky smooth. And oh. so that way you could just sleep on top of it and you don't even feel the mess. You don't right. feel it because some a lot of times, like the movies, after they have sex, nobody just, like, goes to sleep after they've had amazing se- I'm sorry but the the bed feels wet cuz of sweat and all the stuff so the right. the the spray makes it to where you could fall asleep cuz it's silky smooth it's actually pretty cool nice <laughs> yeah yeah pure romance i get in trouble a lot because of pure romance cuz i like to buy a bunch of stuff but see the thing is is my aunt hosts it and she i mean she's like i don't care i don't care but my mom will never go to a pure romance party knowing that I'm going to be there. 
Because she's so embarrassed. Because I don't know. She she just doesn't like the idea of like her daughter buying sex stuff. Because she doesn't want to know what my sex life is and all this other stuff. We, there was actually a conversation at this. Um, this guy came to the bar and he was having a midlife crisis moment. And he got his nipples pierced. She nice. was like, why in the world would you do this? And all this other stuff. And I told her and right in front of him pain no gain and she goes i don't want to hear about your sex life i was like you have no idea when a guy has his tongue pierced she goes shut up (laughs) (laughs) i was making her feel uncomfortable but the thing is is it was true right a lot of um a lot of girls don't experience that when a guy has a tongue pierced i personally don't like the look but i love the feel right um, so I don't know if there's a product out there that a guy could put on his tongue. That creates that feel. Yeah. Cause you know how you get like fake earrings. Yeah. So there are, and they don't work very well mm. because what it ends up doing, like usually the way it's attached is through what's essentially a fancy rubber band. Oh. And have you ever, like when you were a kid, like put a rubber band on your tongue, like yeah. it doesn't work. Um, Why did so, they get one that's like clipped? Well, they do sometimes have ones that are, they have one that I'm positive doesn't work. That's magnetic. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they think that was going to work? It's your tongue. Right. Dumbasses. I swear. <laughs> but a clip, like, I, I don't think it would work either. I think the tongue just moves too much. Well, yeah, but I think with the magnetic stuff, stuff your tongue is wet. You got to keep okay. your, your tongue wet so it's going to like slip and yeah. the minute it falls off and snaps together at the end, that's going to hurt so bad. Yes. <laughs> I hate it when I bite my tongue. I can't imagine if two magnets came and squashed oh. it. Oh, God. <laughs> and then you try to eat someone out. Who knows if the magnets, oh, if that hit my clit, I swear to God, I would punch them. I swear. Because <laughs> you imagine how much pain if it like fell and snapped oh oh my god they don't think these things through and i'm coming up with stuff and i'm like hire me to you know <laughs> to no, go over these products <laughs> there's some really bad sex toys out there oh i like, can imagine oh. i can imagine but there's actually my favorite is the clip vibrator i don't know what it is because i don't like a whole lot of toys and stuff going in and out Right. Um, I just don't, to me, that doesn't, it's like, okay, it feels like a dick, whatever. Right. But I love, you know, like the fisting, but I had to teach my boyfriend this past weekend how to finger real good. And cause he was like, I didn't know, you know, he thought he was doing a good job. I was like, you were, but can you do like the comeback motion, please? And, right. uh, that changed the entire game. That little... That little bit changed the entire game for us. Now he would he wouldn't stop doing it when we were trying to watch a movie, and I was like, <laughs> seriously, I'm trying to focus. And then he was like, Shh, you're making too much noise. I'm trying to watch a movie. I was like, that's exactly what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> but yes, oh, but we're trying to be a little bit more um, communicative as to what we want. Uh, we kind of not grade each other, but um, we have our moments where we're like you know what, you could do this better and do this better. Let's try this next time. Uh, you've done a, 
a hell of a lot better than since last time. Like we kind of give each other a report. That's uh, amazing. That kind of communication, yeah. being able to like share what you want and what feels good or what you'd like different. Yeah. Really the key to really good sex. Well, yeah, we were discussing a little bit more about role play and stuff like that because I told him, I said, I've never had to role play in my life. I've never, it was just like, you know, if I wanted sex, get it done, get out. It wasn't right. like, cause it was nothing of important, like sex was never important to me growing up. It was always my education. And right. so, yeah. So for me, I have, I've had to open up to my sexuality and I know I'm 25 and I'm like, I should be a little bit more adventurous in that way. But what? you know, I, yeah, I mean, I should, I oh. should. I, I shouldn't have to say, what is this or what is that? I mean, because okay. in high school, I had to learn, I had to keep reminding myself what LOL meant. Like, that okay. was how yeah. bad it was. I just was very, I wasn't attached to, like, the internet at all, so. Okay, here's the thing. First of all, at 25, you, you're not supposed to know everything. You're never going to actually know everything. And you're going to find things like throughout your life that all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, I like this sex thing now. And I don't like this other thing that I used to like. And you're going to grow and change as your body grows and changes. And I work with folks who come in like in their sixties who are trying new things. Really? Um, Absolutely. Or in their eighties. Eighties. Absolutely. Good, Lord, good for them. I'm right. like, I'm so scared to be one of those uh, old people who don't know how to walk anymore. You know, you don't know how to walk anymore. There's still ways to have sex. Right. But I don't want to lose. There's, I know a couple of people who've lost their whole sex drive. All they do is they do the same thing every, like they look forward to their Sundays just for the brunch. Right. And I'm just like, I don't want to end up like you. <laughs> just don't. Well, the thing is, is, are they happy? No. Oh, they, okay. I mean, they act like they are, but there's no way. Because, like, you could tell the husband just does whatever the wife says. And, right. you know, just type that type of relationship. Like, he's just there to please her. But it's not, like, in a sexual way. It's just, I'm married. Got to do. I don't know. Right. Like, you signed the paper. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to lose the drive. But uh, that's what I'm afraid of, you know, like getting so busy and losing. Because um, eventually I want to own my own coffee shop. I really do. And I don't want to get so consumed in that and right. like lose sight as to what I need as a as a woman so right. I don't know it's something I've always thought about too being too busy well I think it's also okay for um sex drive and libido to you know kind of ebb and flow at times right yeah like especially if somebody's dealing with some sort of medical issue like some people when they're going or like a really stressful situation or they have like a, they're caring for an aging parent or any of those things like sometimes people when they experience stress it accelerates their stress it accelerates their sex drive other people it like puts the brake on it mm-hmm. it's okay like whatever whatever that is 
and just, as long as you're being honest about it and also understanding that everything about that is temporary, right? Like mm-hmm. things can shift, things can change and you can get that back, but it's also okay. Like sometimes to be like, you know what, like right now I'm so exhausted and I don't know what's happening. And so I'm going to actually need to sleep for these two hours instead of having sex. And yeah, I don't want to have sex every day. That's training. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you keep your, because you've been married for quite a while. Like a lot of people nowadays don't, aren't married that long. And so how do you keep your sex life alive? Like what do you guys like do role play and stuff like that too? Well, no, I think it's more about just continuing to listen to each other. And like, I always say, like, if you're getting bored in a long term relationship, you're just not paying attention. Mm, right. That's really good. I am not the same woman that I was when we got married 13 years ago. Right. Like I've grown, I've changed, we've had experiences, we've grown closer in many ways. Like I, I'm, crazier about her today than I was the day I married her because I know her better. Right. Right. And we've walked through some hard times together and we've walked through good times together and walked through boring times together. And, you know, and so I think that that's, that's all part of it. Hmm. And I think that, you know, there's definitely a space for, role play or kink or any of that in in many many people's relationships and but I don't think that it is necessarily like the key to long-term sexual passion for many people it is right so for like there's people who have a thing that they really need to have in their sex life in order for it to be fulfilling for them. And for some of my friends, that's leather. For some of my friends, that's rope. Um, for some of my friends, that's having an open relationship. For some of my friends, that's being monogamous. You know, like it, there can, for many, many people, there's a thing. But I also think that the key to long-term success isn't necessarily like throwing all the things at it it's sitting back and listening to your partner and appreciating your partner and remembering what it is that when you first met them made your major blood run and also make, making sure that you're maintaining some mystery in the relationship. You don't actually need to know everything about your partner. Right? <laughs> in fact, you probably shouldn't. And one of the things that and there's a woman who wrote a book uh, her name is Esther Perel mm-hmm. and she wrote a book called Mating in Captivity that's about <laughs> precisely that and she talks about how when we're early in a relationship and we have that sort of like that that feeling the, like the butterflies in your stomach and you're sort of off balance and you're like does this person like me do they not like me and like everything's really passionate and on fire that a lot of that is based on the uncertainty and the little bit of fear that's present. That's what like adds that fire. And then when you're in a long-term relationship, so much of being in a long-term relationship is predicated on being able to be vulnerable. Okay. 
And in order to be vulnerable, you have to feel safe. Right. So that's a serious tension, right? Like, how do you feel safe and a little off kilter at the same time? And so I think a lot of that is really making sure to maintain some individuation in the relationship. It's really good to have friends that are different from the friends of your spouse, right? Right, yeah. You don't want to lose sight of you just because you're in a relationship with somebody else. Um, When I was growing up, my dad's a pastor. And so I went to a million weddings. And we would sit there, you know, at the wedding with these people that we didn't know. And they're like doing the, the unity candle. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? You know, so like people will like light the unity candle and then they'll put the candle down their own candle down. So let me go back just in case somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about. A <laughs> unity candle ceremony, there's three candles. Um, and like the one spouse lights their individual candle and the other spouse lights their individual candle. And then symbolically they light a third candle together from the flames of their individual candles. And then sometimes they will then blow out their individual candles. And every single time I could feel my mom like about to jump out of her seat. Why? (laughs) Because you need to maintain yourself you can build a marriage as a thing that is an independent thing that is involved from, that involves your community and involves each individual in the relationship, but you can't blow out your individual candle. You have to tend it. You have to keep it burning. Hmm. That's really good. You don't even think about that. A lot of people say, you know, don't lose sight of yourself, but they never put it like that. That's pretty interesting. (laughs) All right. So um, how was it growing up with your dad being a pastor and then, you know, the passion that you had for the human body? Well, okay. So I, my dad is, is a retired pastor. He was in the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, which is the second largest um, Christian denomination in the United States. And it's a fairly mainstream to liberal denomination. Um, and obviously, um, I'm 48. So grow, I grew up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And uh, so they were less liberal then than they are now. But I was always taught that sex is a gift from God. I was taught that it was something that should only be between a man and um, and a woman and within the sacrament of marriage. Uh, but I was taught that it was that way because it was such a wonderful, powerful gift. Right. Right. Which is different than how some people teach the don't have sex until you're married thing, right? Like in abstinence only education, they'll do the whole, like, don't have sex until you're married because sex is bad and terrible and dirty and you will be worth nothing if you give away your virginity to somebody. And, which is obviously not true. Also, virginity is a made up concept. Uh, But, so it wasn't, it it wasn't um, a huge tension uh, to be interested in birth control or sex and sexuality. And growing up within that. And then the other thing that I really got from my parents was the concept of a, of like a calling. 
Mm-hmm. And that might sound weird, but like this is literally this is what I was born to do, right? And my dad always said, like as a pastor, that you know when God gives you a calling, you can run from it as long as you want to, but eventually you're going to have to do it. And so I think coming, having been raised with that understanding when this was what I wanted to do, obviously it's not average. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes lie about my job when I'm on a plane. Um, mm-hmm. it's, depends on how long the flight is. Uh, <laughs> um, but so it was, it was just sort of a normal progression. And you know, I definitely, I know that there are times that my, my parents may not have told the truth to people or sort of, you know, little white lies or like a little bit of, um, you know, what is Jacqueline doing? Oh, she owns a gift store. (laughs) Well, your body is a gift. So (laughs) yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, but you know, especially now that he's retired and mom's retired too, she was a school principal, then it's just not, you know, all of their friends know. It's not that pressure. No. Anymore. So, all right. So how, I don't know if it's too personal, but how did you know that you were more attracted to women than men? Oh, sorry. Um, So I came out as bi in college, and I really do wonder if I, if part of that was because of how I was raised, right? You know, like being raised that uh, what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to grow up, I'm supposed to get a job, I'm supposed to get married to a man and have kids, and you know, like do all of those things. And so, and it also, when I was 18, I met and fell in love with a lovely man. And when we were 24, we got married. Uh, We got engaged when we were 20. And then decided we wanted a long engagement and got married when we were 24. And it got to a point where I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I mean, he's, he's amazing. He's lovely. He's wonderful but he's a man and I really, and I didn't want that to be true. You know, like there's love is rare and marriage is something that I take very seriously. Mm-hmm. And, but I had to, I had to leave. Like I got to a point where really like I was, he, he's a very respectful human. Um, well, also very sarcastic, but, um, (laughs) and funny, but he knew that I didn't like to have sex if I was tipsy. So he wouldn't touch me. He wouldn't even try if I had been drinking. And I realized at some point that I was drinking every night before I went to bed. Oh, I wouldn't have to have sex with him. And I was like, that's not okay. (laughs) And it was right around then that I was like, you know what, I, and also we were in the process of, uh, adopting and 
we wanted to adopt a sibling group and they called to make the appointment for the home visit and I hung up the phone and later that day I later that day or maybe the next day I told him that we needed to separate right so you always have that love for him for the experience but you know you needed to make your choice so I I mean I'm glad that you figured it out because there's a lot of people out there I think that they just stay because you said something you know about growing up in that environment do you think it's more important to learn more about sexuality because I know like they were starting to teach in like fourth grade do you think that's appropriate to start at such a young age they need to start in, in preschool and, and they need to start a preschool for the protection of children. And the reason being that multiple studies have found that one of the things that uh, pedophiles seek out are kids who don't know proper names for genitals. Right. And so if we're going to protect our kids, they need to know age appropriate things. I'm not saying like you need to go in and like with like everything at preschool that would be wildly inappropriate but you need to teach kids about good touch bad touch you need to teach kids about consent you need to model consent all the time Mm -hmm. like don't um like don't tell johnny that he has to hug aunt matilda before aunt matilda leaves johnny doesn't have to like allow aunt matilda to touch him right right he needs to allow the doctor to touch him Right. He might need to allow his parents to touch him for to like put on a coat. But you need to teach kids body autonomy from a very, very young age so that when somebody does something that is not okay, that they have that they have the wherewithal to be able to say no or they have the wherewithal afterwards to be able to go tell somebody so that it can be so that it can stop then instead of continuing for months or years and it's so so important and i think sometimes when we talk about sex education and kids like we don't think about it from that perspective mm-hmm. but it's really about keeping them safe um and not about like the sexual part it's more just them like knowledge right like knowing what is what it's not this is how you use it. It's this, right. is, this is what it is. Right. And, and that you get to decide who touches you there. Like that's you, that's only you. And then the other thing that I think is really important about sex education is especially for kids who are trans or gender nonconforming to learn that that is a thing that's a real thing and that, uh, you know, and that it's okay. I mean, trans kids commit suicide at one of the highest rates in our country, and it breaks my heart. Well, These yeah, are just there's kids. a lot of people that are bullying um, them yeah. for the choices, and I, I don't, you know, I, to me, I've never been, I've always been more open to like new things. So for me, when someone's like, "I'm transgender" or whatever, that didn't phase me at all. I'm just like good for you you know that that's that's what you want to do personally I, I I know that I'm bi I know that I am but I always say bi curious my boyfriend's like that's there's no such thing 
I'm like, okay, all right. I've never been with a woman, but okay. But I, I, I'm attracted to women. Right. So I can't say that I'm not. Right. I'm not going to say I'm just straight because I've never explored. I've, right. I, you know, and he's always making jokes. You know, I told him I was, I was about to interview you and I just told him, I was like, you know, she's lesbian, she's married, uh, she's got no kids. He goes, that's great for scissoring because then there's no interruptions. I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he has to do this stuff. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, I'm just letting you know. And then he says that. And I'm like, seriously? Because then he's like, I'm just, his, his go-to thing, I'm just helping you out. That's... <laughs> Yeah, but he's like, I, I'm just going to have to be there, though, so that way I can make sure everything's going to be okay. Like, shut up. Like, that's my response every time. Just shut up. <laughs> I cannot believe he said that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, like, the last girl that I interviewed sort of t- talking about sex my uh, a couple podcasts ago. I did, he did say, why don't you invite your friend to see if she wants to watch us have sex over Skype. And so I was hesitant to like ask her because I'm like, we just met. But then I ended up telling her and this is exactly what I said. I said, hey, I need to ask you something. My boyfriend won't stop until I do. I most likely know what your response will be. However, he won't stop telling me to ask you. He heard our podcast together and know you are, quote, freaky. So his question is, would you watch him and I have sex via Skype? There, I said it. Maybe he will stop. I assume your answer is no, so I won't be at, at all hurt by you saying no. By the way, I'm showing him that I messaged you. That is the only way he'll know I, that I did it. And her response is like, I'm sorry. I was at work and very busy for the late response. And she goes, I am so flattered, but no thank you. I really am flattered that you ask, though. <laughs> like, there you go. There's your answer. So, he, you know, now I'm going to... I just told you his response to what I told you. and uh, But, yeah, so I've always been open. Uh, rewind back to what we were actually talking about. <laughs> uh, I was just, I had to say that since he messaged me back. Uh, but, yeah, I've always been open, and I, I've never thought of it any different from anyone being transgender. I just don't know how it's going to work um, when you teach kids. Because when you for the sex education, you're still going to differentiate between boy and girl. So how, how are you going to mix like transgender, like in preschool? Like, do you need to do it in preschool or would it be better to do it like fourth grade? I mean, it depends if there's like trans parents or trans kids, then, you know, like you can, there's easy ways to do it. Like, you know, when somebody, if somebody's transitioning around the kids, then that's a really easy time to do it, right? Right. Um, or also, like, making sure that there's folks around who are, who are uh, genderqueer or gender nonconforming or, and use pronouns that are they. Or modeling that if you don't know somebody's gender, you use they until, or, and then you ask them what their pronouns are. Right. Yeah, you I know? get that. I get that. I just don't know, like, with um like teaching about sex, like, because of course children are always going to be curious. And they're, my mom's always said she never liked the idea of teaching at a young age, just because the wandering stage, 
and I get where she's coming from because my um, sophomore year in high school, there, the elementary, there was a fourth and fifth grader attempting to have sex because of a video shown. And so for me, I'm just like, I don't necessarily think that was the video though. And I had to tell her, I was like, a lot has to do with home life and who they're surrounded by. If the fourth and fifth grader was attempting to have sex with other people, my first question would be um, whether or not they were a survivor of sexual assault and trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was saying, like the home life and stuff. I don't yeah. necessarily think it's the video. Um, yeah. But maybe if it might be better for the sex education part, if maybe they actually had a child that um, identified as, you know, as, yeah. um, you know. I mean, and like, and the thing is too, like with little kids that if you're like, okay, Lucy's new name is Tom and he wants to, in his, in his pronouns are he with a little kid, nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they're so accepting. Right. Which is how we all should be. Like, right. I right. think sometimes right. when people get all like, well, I'm not going to call that person that pronoun. I'm like, do I walk up to you and say, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to call you shoe me head because I don't think you look like a John. <laughs> you know? Like, no, you don't do that. The one time I called my boyfriend a dick, he got offended. So, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people don't want to hear it. Um, but it is the truth out there. That is the way things are nowadays. But I think the, the individuals that have a harder time are obviously like baby boomers, the ones that are left. Um, the, my my parents, um, I, I feel like their generation, I guess, sort of isn't as accepting. Uh, I, I only say that because, you know, I worked at the bar and working around their friends, they always had something to say along those lines. So that's the only way, reason why I say that. I'm not saying everyone in their generation, but a lot of people have a hard time accepting the new changes. But I'm just like... I wish everyone would stop um, with the hate and everything like that. You guys want a better future for everyone else. So why not uh, stop living the past and focus on the future? So it is what it is. You can't yeah. change it. And that, that's what I can't stand is everyone wants to live in the past. So, uh, I had someone say, what does that mean? I'm like, the issues that lied within the past are the same issues that are being brought today. And you guys wonder why our future isn't better. Right. And so I'm, it, it drives me crazy because, you know, I, I would feel so bad to know that there was a child um, that I knew that was dealing with a lot. But because, like, I don't know, like, I, if I didn't know that they were being bullied or if they identified as something else... And let's say I wasn't accepting, I'd feel terrible if something happened to that child. So I don't know why everyone else has to be so hateful. You know, I think, I think a lot of it comes from fear or not understanding. And I think so often once people know somebody that it, it can shift things. Right. That's something I didn't get either, is that nothing is done until the person that it affected the most is gone. Like, a lot of times you hear those stories, 
you know, it wasn't until that person's gone that you actually did something. Oh yeah. And I can't, yeah. I, I can't stand that either. Like they're not here to he hear you say that, that you're, that you're for them now. Like all of a sudden now you are. Right. <laughs> right. Just for recognition. And then you know that a lot of the times it's people trying to get, I'm not saying use that person that's gone, but a lot of people use that, that storyline so that way they can become quote famous. Cause I don't know what everyone's deal is to become famous, but come on, everyone's not going to be. No. So, so quit having this fascination that you guys are going to be famous. I do these podcasts and the YouTube channel and stuff because I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy uh, having something to do after work. Right. You know, I like being busy. That's just the way I grew up. That's how I want to keep doing, you know, being. Um, so I like talking, <laughs> obviously. That's just why my podcast was started in the first place. Uh, my boyfriend's like, you just got to do it. <laughs> awesome. I love how supportive he is. Yeah, he's supportive, but he's still uh, rude at times. <laughs> and he knows it because I always say it. I'm like, you, you know, I'm so thankful that you're doing, you know, very supportive and stuff like that. But he's one of those that he will most likely never say I love you to me because love means nothing to him. What means more to him is respect and trust. That, I mean, he's just one of those that... Um, love is just kind of thrown around. So, um, he likes to express himself in ways of like certain acts. So if, if he does something for me, then I should just acknowledge that he does care sort of thing. Cause he's just like, why do you need validation? And I tell him, I was like, every now and again, it might be nice, but we're not at a point of saying I love you to one another either. So we right. just, we just officially started dating in October of last year. But, um, yeah, uh, but we've known each other since like, well, I guess a year now. So how did you guys meet an app? <laughs> well, <laughs> see, the thing is, is, um, when my son's dad and I split, I needed someone to talk to. So I just like, I was on this app and he messaged me. I think the message said, um, I want you to be my lady. Or something like that. Like, just, that's just what he said. And I was like, oh, really? And then immediately gave him my number. And we, we've been talking ever since. Aww. I mean, it's nothing romantic in any way. But, um, we're, I'm, like I said, I, I'm heavily attracted to his intelligence. And, um, even though he doesn't admit it, I know he's attracted to me. Okay. <laughs> I, I know it. I just don't know why. Um, uh, <laughs> You know, we have those little things where I'm always questioning myself. Because, like I said, I'm still learning about my own body, trying to accept my body and explore different ways of pleasure and stuff like that. That's why I enjoy, like, now having the sex talks and stuff like that. And I don't know why it took me so long to break out of that shell, but it did. Unfortunately. <laughs> Give yourself some in space you're only 25 that's not that long to get there that's amazing <laughs> yeah well I'm doing what I can <laughs> it sounds like it that's awesome 
Yeah, yeah. Like I said, um, we're we're gonna explore some role play and stuff like that. Even though I'm, I don't, I don't get it, in my opinion, because you buy these outfits for one time, maybe <laughs> two time. I mean, it just it blows my mind. Uh, <laughs> you have to buy an outfit. I know, I know. He would just rather me be naked, anyways. It, not all the way. He's just he wants me to wear black heels. There you His go. Obsession with heels. I'm like. <sighs> I used to love heels, and then life happened, and, you know, it was on my feet all the time. My feet hurt, so <laughs> heels don't make it easy. But, yeah, so, well, we're going to see where that goes. Probably it doesn't, it's probably never will happen. But, <laughs> so, what's the craziest place that, um, that turned you on? Like, a, um... Mm, a sexual place, I guess. Like, uh, let's see. Like, I've done it in a car right beside a police car. Oh, my goodness. When I was younger, yeah. That sounds scary. No, it was fun, because I like the, the attempted to get caught type thing. Right, right, right. What was the craziest thing you've ever done? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I've definitely, like, because I've definitely gone to dungeon parties and stuff like that. Did you actually have fun, or was it uncomfortable a little bit? Like, because it wasn't something that you actually would do. Oh, no, no, no. It was something I would do. I mean, it's hard for me to answer that question because I live in such a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's crazy. Um but yeah, so I mean, I think that there's, I mean, within the, the sexuality community and the sex education community, like a lot of us have also spent time in the kink community. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's some really amazing, incredible, beautiful things that happen at, like an, in a dungeon party and being able to like see that or experience it or also see something and be like, wow, I never want to do that <laughs> is really helpful and, and also really freeing. And I think I've learned so much by being in those spaces and also watching people model really healthy consent and negotiation skills and like, you know, walking up to somebody and being like, hey, I would really like to blank right? Like whatever it is, is that something you're into? And then the other person is like, actually, I'm not into that, but I am into this. And the person's like, Oh, you know what? I'm not into that. But this person over here is and I know they were they were looking for a partner come with me, you know, like, and I've learned so much from that in terms of then like taking that to when I was still dating. Mm -hmm. And being able to be like, okay, this person isn't interested in me, and you know what? That doesn't mean that I'm not awesome, right? Right. It means that that's just not, I'm not their thing, and that's fine. Um, not everything has to be Fifty Shades. Well, no, no, <laughs> not everything has to be Fifty Shades, and also, please don't ever practice BDSM, anything like that movie. It was all fucked up and wrong, and <laughs> I never got it because I'm like, yeah, I thought it was wrong too. Was so I've never read the books at all, and everyone's like so fascinated by it. I was like, 
That that stuff didn't turn me on at all. I'm sorry. No, no. The books in in the books, he's straight up abusive, <laughs> and Anna doesn't have any agency. And then in the movie, they do give Anna some agency, but then she actually is a little abusive and emotionally controlling um, to him, uh, which is you know neither neither are good. But BDSM can be extremely healthy and and really help people process stuff and also be really fun for a lot of folks. And, but don't ever use 50 shades as a model of really anything. <laughs> yeah. There's certain things that we've tried. Like, of course, everyone loves the idea of being handcuffed. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I prefer rope over handcuffs cause the handcuffs hurt after a while after like certain <laughs> positions. Like if you're handcuffed behind and he like flipped me over one night on my back, oh. and I was like, uh, no, get, no, mm, no, it's no. starting to hurt, it's starting to hurt, no. and he didn't understand what I was talking about, he was like, what are you, and I took off, like, I had to take him off, and my wrists were, it was so bad. No, 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 wrists are, like, really, actually, really pretty sensitive stuff, you should never, ever use metal handcuffs for two reasons, one, what you experienced, and if you had let that go on for longer, you actually could have caused permanent nerve damage. And two, people lose the goddamn key. <laughs> well, it wasn't a key. It was actually ones that I could get out of. Good. Because my wrist, I mean, it was swollen. I couldn't get them off. Yeah. Yeah. And rope is way better, way safer. However, make sure that you have safety scissors on hand. Because in case of an emergency, say you pass out, say your partner passes out, say the house catches on fire, say all of a sudden your mom's at the door, it doesn't matter what it is, there are all kinds of situations where you might need to like get out of that rope faster than you can untie it. And so you need to have safety scissors. Yeah. Well, the one time I was roped, he had just tied knots. I mean, it wasn't so tight, it was just enough. And what was funny because... He did my hands, and then when he, he did my feet, and then he realized, hmm, your shorts aren't off, though. <laughs> so that was weird because I'm like, you know the minute that I'm going to get out of these, I'm just going to kick you in the face, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, that was my first experience, and it was different, but it was nice. Uh, I think that if anyone wants to try it, you know, you always have the blindfold always I think the sensory thing is hot no matter what <laughs> I don't know what it is it's just because you, you don't know what to expect and my boyfriend's a uh, fetish is feet and he likes and I think it's gross because I will never do it but he always bites and like licks my feet and are you okay with that it's weird, but I let him do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> and I tell him that. And he's like, you know what you came into this relationship with. So, okay. Because uh, he was like, it's not as weird as being fisted. I was like, at least mine uh, isn't my feet. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I just don't know what his fascination with feet is. But because the conversation started with, um, I guess, the breakfast club there was a topic about um, someone sucking toes through the sock. Okay. With the sock on. And 
everyone's like, that's so gross, but there's a couple people that do, and a lot of people said, I would prefer if the sock was off, and then a woman said that um, a lot of people are attracted to the scent of the person through the sock, something okay. like that, like it's someone's scent, and I'm thinking, that's sweat, so you're saying sweat smells good? Like, it is, is sweat like a pheromone to, in most cases? Because I think sweat smells. I think it's gross. Right. Um, unless you're, like, in the act, then you're both are sweating, then you don't really smell it. But I don't know if I could go down on someone's foot and be like, ooh, this smells good. Right. But what, you don't have to. No, no. But what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you... I mean, it's not, it's not my thing, but... The thing is, it doesn't matter if it's my thing or not, right? Like, right. Like, so, like, you're in a situation where you've got, and this is a situation that's so common, where, like, a partner has something that the, it's not the other partner's thing, but it's fine with them, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, if you weren't here, I wouldn't be doing this, but it's fine with me to be doing it with you. Mm-hmm. And we're doing it because it makes you happy and it gives you pleasure, and I like that. Mm-hmm. So do that thing. But... And, like, foot fetishes are so common. Right. But do you think it's the pheromones? Like, is that... Do you think that that could be... I have no idea. I have no idea either. It was just something interesting that came up on the other day about that. Because, of course, the one person that has to send it to you is my boyfriend because it's a foot fetish. So... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that's something that, um, that got brought up. Um, the thing that both of us struggle with... Both my boyfriend and I have overbites. So, (laughs) yeah, he doesn't realize, I have to keep going, okay, I like the biting, but you're biting too hard. And a lot of times, both of us have sharp teeth, too. And so, you know, me trying to give him head doesn't necessarily work a lot because he says that I keep biting hard, and I don't mean to. Um, I... There was a question that I had, and he's like, go ahead and ask it. I have a bad gag reflex. Like, okay. It's really bad, and I don't know if it's because tonsils. Like, I don't know why I have such a bad one. And I try, I've, I've tried to be more comfortable, you know, for him, because, you know, he goes down on me quite a bit, and it's not fair. And so, you know, I'm trying to get more comfortable for him because, you know, I like to please my man, too. Um, orally. And I don't know how to go about it. I don't know how to go about giving him have with such a bad gag reflex. Okay. So a couple things. First of all, there are absolutely sex educators out there who will tell you that they can teach you how to lose your gag reflex. I, I don't think that's actually true. Uh, I mean, it's a reflex. Uh, you, can, you can make it less significant but you're not going to make it go away completely. And part of the way that you can make it less significant is by really paying a lot of attention to positioning. Mm-hmm. So have you ever seen somebody like, you know, swallow a sword, right? Yeah. They've got their head like completely up so that the neck, so that the sword is going straight in from their mouth down their throat. And so pay attention to that when you're in that kind of, when you're, when you're going down on him to try to like do it so that even with your head hanging off the side of the bed and him on his knees or standing, 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That My aunt suggested that, too. But, you know, if, like, trying to wake him up and stuff like that, like, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. But, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll attempt the, the physician thing because um, I've, I've talked about it with him as well. Um, but the main reason why I, I know I have bag reflex is because, yeah, we tried it and I threw up all over him. Aww. And he thought it was hot for a second. <laughs> and I'm like, you're so weird. And he saw how, like, embarrassed I was. I was immediately getting the towel, wiping him up. And in the bathroom, and he was like, and I'm trying to clean up. And he's still wanting to fuck me after that. I'm like, nope, go away. I'm embarrassed. And he knew it was. And he likes he likes it. He likes the fact that I was embarrassed because he likes to degrade. Like, that's a turn on for him. He yeah. to be the dominant, you know. Yeah whatever so he was trying to take advantage of the moment and I told him to get the fuck out like just get, get out <laughs> I'm like I'm, I can't deal with you right now well, but the other thing that can really help with blowjobs is like if you really lube your hand up right okay. and put your hand as far down on the penis as like you can go right okay and then use your hand to provide like a lot of the stimulation at the base of the penis. And then you, because most of the nerve endings on the penis are at the tip, right? Right. right. So that's where you really want to be putting most of your attention anyway. So then you can have it not very far into your mouth and not in, not far enough to cause gagging and still be giving him a killer blowjob, but not you don't have to deep throat. Yeah, but he loves it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He likes it when I gag because he thinks that's a turn on too. Well, you could fake gagging. Yeah. Well, no, because every time, I mean, he makes me want to laugh every time because I'll try it and then he'll be like, did, did you almost throw up yet? Did you? I'm like, shut up. You just lost it. You you lost your privileges. <laughs> you know, type deal. <laughs> I, I hate it when he says it because I lose, con you know, concentration and all this stuff. I mean, I've even coached him on how to give me, um, you know, better stimulation and stuff too. Because, you know, I like a lot of pressure and stuff. So I told him, I was like, you're going to have to suck more and you actually use your tongue. Don't lightly do it. He's like, I've never had to do this before. I was like, you've never been with someone like me. So go at it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so well, like really important yeah. point because you know what works really well on one person is not necessarily going to work on the next person at all mm -hmm. yeah so we we give reports on one another every now and again uh, a couple months from now we'll probably ask again am I approving am I not approving he's told me I'm getting better at certain things so that's good <laughs> for me <laughs> yeah awesome. yeah I mean that's what I enjoy too is the communication that's, that's big for both of us so uh, it was just like one night we just flat out said, what is it something that I could do better for you? What is, and I just asked him last night, what is one thing that you really want to try? And he was like, what do you mean? It's like sexually, dude, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Cause first of all, I'm at work. I can't really say it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we have good communication that way. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Let's see. What's another question I was going to ask? I think I hit all the ones that I mainly want to ask that pertain to my life, basically. Um, there was something else I was going to ask you about, you know, your career. Um, uh, let's see. What was your... Let's see. That's, that's not how I want to phrase it. I'm so sorry that I wasn't prepared for this. No. <laughs> no. Uh, well, you have such fascination with, like, are you more fascinated by the female body? Or, I mean, obviously the female body attracts you. But is it both? Or is it just mainly the female body? No, no. I'm fascinated by, uh, by humans and uh, really interested in how we express ourselves sexually and how and also how genitals play into that but then also so much of what happens when we're having sex is happening in our brains and science doesn't really understand how that works yet right which right. is also pretty amazing and so uh, i'm just fascinated by all of it and it's also not just bodies it's how people interact with each other and how they take care of each other or don't take care of each other. And, and then also as individuals, like how we find our way to the sexual expressions that give us joy. And it's just, I just love all of it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. All right. Is there any, like, what is something that you love to do that isn't sexual or anything like that? Like just, what do you love to do? Um, I am really boring. I really, really boring. I, I like it. sex oh. is the only thing I'm interested. <laughs> oh no. I, I knit a lot and I run. You run a lot. Yes. Is that really calming for you? Oh my God. It's so good for me. Like both knitting and running, like just like soothes my brain. It's knitting's like a lost art sort of. No, there's not a whole lot of people. My aunt still does it. Oh, God, I love it so much. <laughs> now, does your wife, uh, does she run with you too? Um, sometimes she'll run. She doesn't, like, I, uh, um, I, I'll run distance, and that's not her thing. But she'll run with me sometimes, and we'll do 5Ks and whatnot together. See, my boyfriend's trying to get me to run a lot, and I'm not a runner. I was a sprinter. And there's a reason why I was a sprinter, because distances suck. And <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, I was a sprinter for a reason, because you're like, point A to point B in like certain amount of seconds, you're done. Okay. Yay. I ran. And uh, I, yes. I hate running so much. I'd rather run a marathon any day. <laughs> He's trying to get me to run a 10K. I'm like, ugh, no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just like, he's a runner. And he did a 5K not too long ago. His dad runs, too. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah have you met me? <laughs> I'm not a runner. He goes, I know. So we tried running uh, sometime last year together. And I literally only ran, like, halfway down the road and started walking. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm, like, pulling the, I'm too out of shape. But really, it it's a lot harder for me now and it's not because I'm out of shape. Um, 
I'm starting to have more issues with like my heart and stuff like that, and we're we're slowly going to try to figure out what what's going on. Because uh, yeah. like I I do Zumba, and Monday this week, um, I started like I needed to take a break, and I was like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Yeah, my my watch is saying my heart rate's at 190." Oh no. Yeah, but that was totally normal for me, because it, it's always escalating to that point. Always. And I've had it since my pregnancy. High uh, blood pressure, my heart rate, he does all that. And so they're, like, looking at me, and I said, what? You know, they're like, that's not normal. I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, I just need to calm down for a second. I'm good to go to keep going. Um, And they're like, but your watch is saying. I was like, I know, but who knows if the watch is really accurate. Right. In the first place. It's just I'm really out of breath, and then I'm, I'm good to go. And then I'm talking with my cousin, and it finally goes down to, like, 147. And they're like, that it's still high when you haven't been working out for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I wouldn't start running until you find out what's well, up with that. Well, I don't I, – it's been – it's going down a little bit, but, yeah. I mean, I've told, um, that's something that we're going to figure out. But um, exercise, I'm, i got to keep going. I've got to keep doing it or else I, I'm going to be – wanting not to do it anymore right and uh resting heart so, rate yeah so we're slowly going to build up and he knows that i'm pretty worried about it but i need to be prepared I, I need to know what's going on as well so um we're gonna like start slow with the jog and then just see i told him i said if we just have to be aware of my heart rate that's all and well, um the other thing too, if you're starting running, like running uses the body differently than just about anything else. Mm-hmm. The one is, it's really easy to hurt yourself if you just start running. Mm-hmm. So you really, should start run walking. Right, and that's what and, I did in college. I actually took a walking class, and I thought it was going to be a walking class. No, this thing was like Will Ferrell, like that. I don't know what movie it was from. <laughs> But the fast pace, walking with the hips going side to side. Oh my I mean, God. my teacher is one of the people that goes to the Zumba class. And I was like, and it's been a couple years since I've seen her. I was like, I know you. And I'm like, no. Because, I mean, yes, I was really good at it. Yes, I lost, like, during that semester, call, I lost three inches in my waist. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it works. But she is a powerhouse woman and I hated it because you get in the front of the line and if the people were too slow in the back she had us all circle back to where they were and then keep going and I'm like no no you know because I'm just like I just want to be done just want to be done that's awful (laughs) yeah so I'm thinking probably to go back to that but (laughs) I don't know if he's willing to do the same because it's it's weird because you have to swing your hips so far yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it works, and I think if if we slowly started doing that, then I could run again. Um, I mean, because you know, in gym and stuff, you still had to run, and I yeah. could do that. I could I do jog. I told him I was like, I can't run like you. I just I've never been able to keep up. Well, and everybody's body's different. Like yeah. that's one of the things I actually really love about running is because I'm I'm slow. And so I'm in the back of the pack and like, we all look different and it just, it makes me happy. As long as you're doing it for yourself and you're not doing it for other people, it it should never matter. Like you're, you're doing it because it's something that you like to do. It's not like you're competing 
for like the championships. Right. You know, people will be like, "Oh my God, are you gonna win?" <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna win at life. Okay, I'm gonna win at life. And where are you gonna be? Not me. You're not gonna be where I am. That's exactly what you say. You're not gonna be where I am. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just prepared for when I own a business, be, you know, my own boss and someone's saying something, they'll be like, you're not me. Right. You're just not me. So don't tell me what to do. I can't wait until I actually say that to someone else that who's my employee. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, because when I worked for my mom, it was so frustrating um, if, to work with family in general. It's frustrating. And yeah. uh, we always butted heads and. There was just one, I got, she's going to say I was fired like three times. Girl, I was fired like 12, 13 times, and she doesn't even remember all the times she did. And the first time, I will always remember the first time, because it was a scary and most proud moment for me, because I'm afraid of my mom when she gets mad, but at the same time, I'm old enough where she can't tell me what to do the way she did, and uh, it, it was one of those things where she didn't know how to separate between being a parent and being a boss and uh she was getting mad at me and she like yells underneath her breath and she'll like curse and stuff so no one else hears her and I just I balled up because she's always told me don't let people push you around and I'm like you're gonna be my first person shut the fuck up that's what I told her shut the fuck up and I said it loud enough and she goes get the fuck out will do <laughs> And then I told her later, I was just like, it was the way you were talking to me. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, you know how you were talking to me. Even though it was under your breath, you know exactly the way you were talking to me. And I'm done. I'm done. You know, and that's when I kind of grew confidence within myself. And from then on, I just started speaking my mind and stopped letting people push me around and doing everything to please other people. Good for you. Yeah. It took my mom pushing my boundaries to that point. But I think she's respected me more, too. I bet she had. Yeah, but I think she also hates it because I don't do everything she says anymore. <laughs> Not everything. But, yeah. So, that is that. <laughs> but, is there anything else you would like to talk about? No, I think that's it. Yeah, well, I enjoyed this conversation. I hope it didn't, wasn't too... Um, boring because you know, oh. I don't go by scripts and I know I promised all my listeners listeners I was going to try to do scripts but they're just boring because <laughs> they should be more spontaneous and stuff they shouldn't be prepared questions because not the conversations that you have with people could lead to a question that you don't have on that piece of paper right right so I like spontaneous conversations and especially now that I'm embracing my sexuality it was great to have you on this podcast to kind of talk about it and I like that you're not uncomfortable talking about it and I like that it's your profession and um let's see and so your your company is in New York correct oh Baltimore Baltimore okay um Let's see. So whenever, maybe if I'm ever going to be out there, I don't know when I'm going to ever be out there, but I'll probably check it out. Um, is there a, a website? Thing. Huh? Baltimore is amazing. I love this city. <laughs> it has to be cheaper than New York. It is so much cheaper than New York. Thank God. 
so is there a website link that um, I could get so that way I could put it underneath the podcast and for everyone else to kind of Absolutely. At? So uh, is anyone else to, like to purchase items? You could purchase it, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah, totally. Is Please. that um, one item, that blanket that you were talking about? The Fascinator? Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't think it's on the website. I'll put it on tomorrow morning. Oh, okay, cool. Because that's something that I'm going to have to remember, Fascinator. Yeah. That and been helpful. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a useful thing. Well, yeah, and then the the um, puppy pads it was a really yeah. good idea, too. I don't know how comfortable that would be on top of there, but like, it's not if, super comfortable. But also, if you want to like put uh, towels down and then put the puppy pads underneath, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. But then yeah. I'm going to forget that I have towels underneath there, and when I put it <laughs> in the laundry, then I have to remember to do laundry. So I don't know if that's a lazy side of me talking <laughs> or what. <laughs> Yeah, probably right now because I'm so overworked. You don't know how sore I am right now with the Zumba and stuff. Aww. Uh, no, I've um, I've really worked hard, and my family and I we have like this uh, this bet to see how much people could lose weight, and so oh. we have a a weight a weigh in, and I don't know if it has if it's as accurate as it could be, but according to the scale from when we did it at Christmas and I just got weighed tonight. I don't know how it is because like I said I don't know if the one at my parents place is actually accurate but according to that and the one tonight that's more professional weigh-in uh, I've lost over 20 pounds. Wow. Yeah I don't that's know how accurate that is but <laughs> I think that that's an improvement. I know I've lost inches in my waist um, but my hips apparently have gotten bigger, and I told everyone, I was like, it's from all those damn squats you guys have me do that I told you I don't want to continuously do. <laughs> and I keep doing it because uh, I know that it's it's working, so I just got to keep going. <laughs> but I'm excited. As long as you're having fun and enjoying yourself. and Oh, I'm yeah. thinking about becoming uh, an instructor. That's awesome. I know. Well, everyone keeps telling me, you're so good. I was like, I, I know, but I first I've got to get this heart thing taken care of. And they're like, what heart thing? And I tell them, like, oh, yeah. I was like, it's mainly my blood pressure. And so my cousin, you know, expressed, did they do a stress test? And I was like, actually, no, they never even thought to do one, even though I told them. Because it was mainly my blood pressure that was high. I, right. I don't think I've ever really told them my heart. Um but yeah, so that's something we're going to get taken care of, and um, I want to attempt to be an instructor, and because I love to dance. That's one of the things, uh, besides everything else that I do, I absolutely love to dance, um, and I'm jealous of the person who's out on the floor dancing, because I'm a completely different person, and I'm more confident, and that's why I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, you don't realize how confident I am when I get on that dance floor. I mean, it's just, no, I don't care about anybody. I am my own person, and I'm jealous of that individual uh, at times. And I, I believe that. I believe people can be two different people at once. I feel like, you know, certain things can bring out something else in you. And just like yeah. the bedroom, you could be a totally different person in the bedroom, and then outside you could be, like, the most quiet person. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, 
that's something I'm going to pursue as well. If I can. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have anything else? Like, do you have your social media and stuff that you could provide as well? Oh, sure. Um, um, on Twitter at sugar Jack, uh, then also you can find the store on Instagram at sugar, the shop. And then also I'm on Instagram at sugar Jack. Jack is J A C Q. Just my, uh, Twitter is like half sex, half social justice stuff. And my Instagram, there's a lot of my dogs. Because <laughs> they are real cute. Do you have like the link to your um, your shop and everything like that on your Instagram? That way people could purchase. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. So I'll try to find those and I'll put those in the, the links below and all that for everyone else to kind of check it out. Um is there anything else you would like people to check out? Do you have like a blog or anything as well? Or do you just have well, those? We have a blog on our website. Okay. All right, cool. So, um, I think that kind of wraps up the interview. I, oh. I am so excited that you were part of this. Um, and if you ever want to do one again, um, I'm sure we could probably set something up. <laughs> and if you ever have any questions, like just reach out. I will definitely do that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. You try to have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Hey, everybody. If you like the intro music, you can hear more and get your own custom beats by contacting me on Instagram at Music by Symphony. That's M-U-Z-I-K-B-Y-S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y. Once again, that's M-U-Z-I-K-B-Y-S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y.